This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Tuesday, October 23rd. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. Welcome back into the studio, everyone, on another Tuesday morning. My name is Ryan Beaton. Top of the hour, 11 a.m. First UMass sports headline of the day or even the week. College hockey, UMass takes down number one, Ohio State, on the road. UMass hockey taking a huge, huge step into really just becoming that new mass team, that new mass culture of hockey that uh, Carvel's been hyping up for the past two or three years now. So UMass taking a huge step in program history, really. Uh, Last time I think they beat a number one team was in 2012 against Boston University. So uh, I'm actually surprised they've beat a number one team before, but it's been a little while since that's happened, about like six years now. Uh, yeah, they built a 3-0 lead. They were able to hold off the Buckeyes, I think. 6-3 to was the final score. Um, obviously, Ohio State was ranked number one. I think the poll comes out, I think it came out earlier today. The UMass is now, I don't know where Ohio State is now, but UMass, I believe, is ranked 16th. So the first time in a while they've been ranked in the top 20, I believe. Beating the number one seed will certainly do that for you. Uh, Carvel was quoted saying, I'm very happy for my guys. This was obviously a huge test for us. It was a huge test for our culture. And it's very rewarding because the group of kids has really sacrificed and made a huge commitment to build this program. And I'm happy for them that they're getting rewarded for it. Carvel, very proud of his young squad, the squad that he sort of, um, say, recruited and brought in himself. Um, yeah, just it's it's really cool to see finally not only the the freshmen from last year, so this year's sophomores continuing to have success, but now this sophomore class, I mean, excuse me, this new freshman, incoming freshman class is having an equal amount of success in their freshman years as did the sophomore class did last year. Trevino, who we know has been talked about a lot, had another big game. He had two in that first game. Trevino um, finished off a two-on-one from Boeing and Makar in the third period, I think it was, and... Yeah, he's been so he he's he's been having a really good season. He's he's one of the the sort of hyped up up and coming freshmen and yeah, I mean he's he's drawing he's he's really scrappy. He's he's small. I think he might be five eleven ish or he could even be shorter, I'm not really sure. 
but he draws a lot of parallels to Brad Marchand. He's sort of that, uh, you know, the greasy sort of, I don't even know, it's just sort of gritty, get get to the net type of type of player, even though he's he's small in stature, he he's really scrappy, and I think Carvel called him <laughs> a rat in the best way possible uh, after the game. I think Carvel was quoted saying that. But I think you know he just means that he 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 puts a lot of heart uh, into into the game when he's on the ice and he he puts forth his his best effort and you can really see it in his play he 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 covers a large area and yeah I mean I th- you you would think that's the player you need because um, Makar is very very handy he you know he he's got the finesse factor. And then I think it, it helps to have, you know, another sort of breakout player on this roster, have more of a, a scrappy mentality to sort of even out the skill versus grit. Sort of, you know, you, you have the spectrum, you got to kind of find a nice balance when you put together a hockey team. And, you know, that's nothing against, I think I think he only adds to the scrappiness that Ferraro brings because, he he last year was the original scrappy sort of freshman to come in and you know be aggressive and play play the entire rink so yeah that's that's all i really have to say about UMass hockey there definitely had to cover cover off on that they ended up losing the second game to ohio state but nevertheless splitting a series on the road against the number 1 team in the country is just the best thing you could do to start out the season so you know if we could we could end up seeing this trend for the rest of the season which would be amazing for UMass and just the whole whole student body really it's exciting because there I mean I can't even wait for the next home game I think it the next home game is next Saturday against Merrimack I believe and I'm expecting a huge turnout for that game just because it's how excuse me it's Halloween weekend and I just don't see any reason for. I mean, the the opening night was against Rensselaer, which isn't even a high-profile team, and it drew roughly four thousand kids. And so now, after you know, drawing all the hype from splitting the series against Ohio State, and you know, you have Merrimack, a we'll say I don't. They're really not that competitive this year. But nevertheless, a Hockey East team coming to the Mullins after a huge series against Ohio State, I would expect a really large turnout from the student body population. So yeah, that'll be exciting. All right, moving on to the next topic. Obviously, it would be a crime not to talk about the World Series coming up against the Dodgers. Last time the Red Sox and Dodgers squared off was hundreds of years ago. In the, I believe it was 1916 World Series, 1915. Yeah, 1916 was the last time that the Red Sox and Dodgers <clears throat> squared off in the World Series. So obviously, it's good for baseball. Two very large market teams playing each other. And we've seen that in the recent years, I believe, you know, because in the last two years, the teams that have been in the mix, Houston, Boston, New York, Los Angeles, just these 
big, big. I mean, eh, we nah. I'm not going to include Milwaukee because I don't consider them a big market team. But um, yeah, they'll be the they'll be the exception there. A lot of big market, uh, well known cities been playing in the World Series the past couple of years. Obviously, not really the underdog story you want, but nevertheless, I I do think it's good for baseball because <clears throat> you know you're having huge fan bases in large markets you know representing getting excited for their teams playing in the postseason the late stages of the postseason the world <clears throat> the world series so red sox dodgers i don't i mean it's it's the matchup i wanted to see i'm sure it's the matchup most people wanted to see uh just in terms of pure you know sort of out of out of the goodness for baseball in all of our hearts we we wanted to see at sort of classic throwback matchup, and if I were the Dodgers, I would be I would be pretty worried. I mean, that's not a hot take, and it's not even me as a Red Sox fan saying that. It's just that you know, looking at pure skill on both sides of the American League and National League, I don't think it really it's pretty lopsided. I think the American League. And most people know this, again, not a hot take, but the American League, the teams on that side in the late rounds of the postseason, so much more competitive than the National League. I think Milwaukee got off to you know a really nice hot start in the postseason. They tried to carry it on for as long as they could. The Dodgers just sort of existing from last year's talent and a few other key moves they made. You know, they added Muchado. Um, so I think that they're just sort of dwindling off of last season's success. You know, force. I mean, obviously last season going to a Game 7, unfortunately losing. Nevertheless, a team that gets to Game 7 in the World Series is still going to end up being pretty competitive, especially if you're keeping the main DNA of the team going into the next season. It's still they're still going to be as talented, but then you look at you know the two teams that played each other in the LCS in the American League. You had Houston, who obviously won the World Series last year, very talented, which is sort of the thing that strikes me as concerning if I were the Dodgers because Houston was such a good team this year, and the Red Sox just beat them in five games, so. I don't know how you could just sit there and not be worried as a Dodgers fan. I mean, not only are the 108 wins, I would think that would be concerning to any team, but even in baseball, 108 wins might not mean anything because at the end of the day, I think baseball postseason comes down to just pure momentum and whatever team's hottest in the postseason. But the Red Sox also have that because, you know, they just came off of winning a series 3 to 1 against a very very competitive team. I think most Red Sox fans knew that the challenge this postseason would come in the the bigger challenge would come in the ALCS opposed to the World Series if we were to get there and we did. And by we I mean the Red Sox. Um so yeah, it's it's definitely telling. I think that the Red Sox will sweep. I think 
they easily win in four games. If you beat the Astros in five, I don't see any reason why the Dodgers would put up any any harder of a fight. And I'm going to be even more, you know, ambitious by saying they'll win four nothing opposed to opposed to you know four to one. So I think this series will be over in four games. You'll definitely you will. I mean, maybe it goes five. You will definitely not. The Sox will not be back uh, at Fenway after game one and two. They'll 1,000% win it in Los Angeles, which is unfortunate because they won't get to win in front of the Boston crowd. But um, they did get to win in front of the Boston crowd in 2013. Obviously, 04 and 07, they won away. They're going to do it again this year. They're going to end up winning on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, I just don't see the Red Sox losing in any scenario. It's just, they're way too hot. They have way too much talent. And I think they're going to be able to do it in a short, very short period of time. So, you know, I think it'll be, it'll be another exciting sort of, (laughs) or maybe not exciting. I mean, no, it will be exciting. But we're definitely spoiled as Boston's Boston fans to, you know, have all of these. I think there was a statistic out there somewhere that said that Boston has had like 12 championship or league conference, whatever you want to call it, series wins. So, like, that includes all the Patriots, like, uh, conference wins. That includes all the Red Sox LCS wins. That includes the Eastern Conference, you know, win, uh, series wins. New England has had, I believe the stat was like 12 in like 12 years. So, and, you know, we most recently just came off the Patriots winning the um, AFC Championship. So being in the Super Bowl, World Series, NBA Finals, Stanley Cup, whatever you want to call it, being in those big games slash series are really no, you know, it's it's nothing that we haven't handled before. And by we, I mean Boston sports fans. And, you know, it's almost, I, I hate to say it because I almost feel numb to it now at this point. It's, it feels a lot less special. And you don't want to, you don't want to necessarily downplay the excitement and how much success that the team has had this year, because at the same time, you have to remember that this season is unlike any other. I mean, no you know, I mean, this, the team won 108 games this season. That's relatively unheard of for any team, let alone the Red Sox. So it's it's interesting because you, you would think, and I mean, I think I would be a little bit more excited, but at the same time, it's just like you're so numb to the constant sort of winning, uh, pennant-clinching culture here in New England slash Boston that, you know, it's hard. It, it Sometimes it is hard to get overly excited I, I definitely think I'm I'm ready for the series I'm ready for you know whatever and maybe it, honestly I think it makes it a little less interesting that the opponent isn't as strong as we may have hoped I mean I, I was to be honest I was more interested in the Astros series I think that you know when competition and this is you know pretty straightforward but when competition is more even then the game's more entertaining and more valuable to the fan to watch and I think I think Sox fans are just gonna they're gonna be able to relax a little bit watching this series. I think 
They're going to have a little bit more fun. It's not going to be so much of a, wow, like this will be a high-quality series. It'll be just more of a, you know what, as a Sox fan, we're just going to sit back and we're going to enjoy this one because, you know, the team the team really worked their butts off to get where they are right now in the regular season. And I think the, the general success comes more from the season as a whole than, say, the this singular World Series, if that makes any sense. All right, so we're going to go to break real quick. Uh, when we come back, we will cover some more UMass athletics. Maybe we'll dive into the Patriots win uh, this past Sunday. So stick it uh, right here. Stay tuned to WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. Show your UMass pride everywhere you go with a UMass Amherst special license plate. All proceeds benefit student scholarships and programs, and the special plate fee is tax deductible. Get all the details and order your plate at umassalumni.com or call 800-456-UMASS. Remember to ride with UMass Pride. Hi, this is Coolio. I have it, you have it, we all have it. It's called blood. And every three seconds, someone needs blood. Each year, four million people need blood transfusions. You can help by becoming a blood donor. It's fast, simple, and safe. One donation from you can save up to three lives. Be a lifesaver. Call 1-866-FROM-YOU. That's 1-866-376-6968. Toll free to find out where you can donate and save a life today. You're listening to UMass Athletics on WMUA Sports. All right, welcome back to the program. This is the Unbeaten Show here on WMUA 91.1 FM. Thanks for sticking with us. If you were here for the first half of the show, you know we talked a little bit about UMass hockey a favorite topic of mine to always talk about. And then we just sort of previewed a little bit of the World Series, which will be starting tonight. I believe Game 1 is slated to start roughly around 8.30, Fenway Park. It'll be some exciting stuff. I know everyone's uh, really excited to have the World Series back in Boston again. I remember I was at Game 2 of the 2013 World Series. That was an atmosphere unlike any other. I actually have some friends that might be trying to get into the game. I know the Red Sox <clears throat> excuse me, usually offer student tickets throughout the entire regular season for like $9. And interestingly enough, they're doing it this season. But from what I understand, the rules are that they're only, they only have $109 student tickets to give out. So they're only giving tickets out to 100 students. For I think it's nine dollars. That's like the the deal or something like that. And if it's not nine dollars, it's re- it's significantly reduced. Um, I actually have some friends that are gonna try to in, try and shoot for it. Uh, best of luck to them. <laughs> I can only imagine every college student in New England is trying to camp out on Lansdowne <laughs> at that student gate to try to get, you know really cheap World Series tickets. I mean, I don't I don't blame them. I props to them. I was at the World Series in 2013 and it was one of the greatest experiences ever. So I I hope everyone would get to experience a World Series game firsthand. 
personally now I'm not I'm not an hour away from Boston anymore. I'm like two or two and a half. So just not, especially with classes, just not feasible to try that in the middle of the week. But uh, you know, I'll give credit to anyone who who tries it and. Hundred tickets. That's gonna be pretty pretty competitive, but hey, you never know. So you might as well just try it and see how it goes. Hopefully the rain holds up for game one. So that's uh, yep, that's <laughs> enough of the Red Sox. I think we'll go back into just talking about UMass athletics a little bit for a short period of time. I was actually just in a sport management class where they usually you know they bring in different guest speakers and uh, they try to get people from the the UMass Athletics Department. The Senior Associate AD for Sports Administration, I believe her name's pronounced Kirsten Britton, came to our class to talk about, you know, the stuff that she does. She's essentially right under, works right under Bamford, who is the AD for those of you that don't know. And she was just talking about a lot of cool things. I think you know, she was just talking about the future of UMass Athletics and how she was brought on. She knew Bamford previously um, from, I think it was Springfield College, and she was just saying how everyone in the athletic department really, really likes what they do here. Uh, they, you know, I think the UMass Athletics does a really good job for a D1 team that doesn't necessarily make a lot of waves. I feel like UMass is just the epitome of like incredible headlines here and there. And, and what I mean by that is we're not consistently making average news, but when we do make the like sports news in terms of like all over the country, but when we do make the news, I feel like it's just these crazy headlines like winning against number 1 Ohio State in hockey. That is a huge headline, and then you have, you know, like, not even necessarily headlines, but just, like, team success. Like, you'll look at uh, UMass women's lacrosse, for example, that up until last season hadn't lost a conference game in, like, 10 years. It's just, it's, and then I'm trying to think. um, Then you just have these random sort of world-class players that come out of UMass, I'm trying to think of the women's the uh, the women's soccer goalie uh, name Scurry. You have Scurry that came out of UMass. You have Jonathan Quick that came out of UMass. You have uh, Marcus Camby. I mean, Marcus didn't really necessarily go on to do anything amazing in the NBA, but um, you know, you just have all these. You know, Victor Cruz for football. You just have these sort of weird little quirks to UMass that. Uh, we can, we it's sort of like our claim to fame almost, uh, and which is cool too, which is cool because, you know, I feel like the teams on a regular basis, on a, on a just sort of everyday basis don't necessarily make national headlines, but the hockey thing was probably the most recent national headline that we've been a part of. And that was a, uh, that was a pretty good one, you know, knocking off the number one team in the country but yeah it definitely seems like the culture of UMass athletics is you know when I first came in I sort of doubted you know I didn't really think that athletics was a big 
part of what goes on here on campus. And really, it kind of is the, you know, even in even in a year, I've noticed how much the athletics department has been putting in work just in terms of, you know, they'll post like just following all of social UMass social media, like UMass Twitter and all that. You'll see the athletics department post season tickets with just these really cool graphics on them. They had like a maroon pants, a maroon pant movement graphic on their season tickets. And then, you know, they just, between the promos they do and the just, I don't know, the, the game day experience. I just feel like they really do do such a good job for teams that really aren't powerhouses in terms of D1 athletics. And I think you give it, you know, maybe five to ten years and the conversation starts to change. Uh, you know, it's, it's, no, it's no easy thing to do to turn – a program around, but I know since Bamford took in, in the took over in the recent years that you know the there's been a there's been a pretty big focus. There's been a lot of spending on athletics, and you know I it, I definitely think it's it's exciting. I it's it's hard to sort of preach it to the rest of the world because I don't think if you're an if you're an outsider you don't necessarily see the vision. You don't see what's going on here. But as somebody that's been following UMass athletics fairly closely for the past. A uh, year and a half, I can say that, or even two years at this point, um, you can see things already just changing around drastically in just such a short period of time. That's, you know, sort of just a ramble there. I don't, you know, I sometimes I just like to go off talking about UMass athletics for a little bit. But, um, yeah, certainly exciting time to be a UMass student that's that follows sports and is into the, the team, so... That's all I really have to say about that. Um, sort of transitioning, I guess. We don't have a whole lot of time left. I'm not sure I want to introduce a new topic because I don't think I'll be able to uh, fully cover it in depth. We have about, you know, three and a half minutes left on the show. I figure I'll just sort of plug or and or talk about anything that I feel like I just don't have the time to talk about on a regular basis. Sort of in-house stuff pertains to the show um if you're not following us on twitter do that we are at unbeaten show uh i don't tweet a lot but if you know i notice people are actually following the account i'll start putting up polls and you know other just more interactive things that i can use on the show always feel free to tweet at us tweet at us questions I'd be more than happy to try to break down and analyze some whatever, whatever questions that might be on your mind. <clears throat> if you listen to the show, you'll know what I usually talk about. And also, if you want to come on the show, it's really easy. All you have to do is reach out to me. I could give you the phone number right now. The phone number is 413-545-3196. Uh, Obviously, you'll need to know when to call, so you'll, you'd have to get in contact with me, but you can do that through the Twitter page. But I would love to have anyone on, have a conversation with anyone. If you're a regular listener in the Pioneer Valley or if you are listening and supporting me back home uh, from the South Shore. So, yeah, uh, 
also if you if you've only been listening to the show live whether that be on the 91.1 FM frequency or whether that be off of the wmua.org live stream player you're going to want to continue to do that but you can also listen to shows on replay via iTunes slash the Apple Podcast app. If you have an iPhone, it's that purple app with the little microphone type symbol. So super easy to just listen to shows on the go. You can download them, listen to them anywhere, and you don't necessarily have to tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. And that's about it. Really just I want to thank you, anyone, for listening uh, thus far this season. We're going to try to get more guests on. I don't really like rambling. It's tough to get people on, though. But please feel free to reach out to me. I'll always, I always love to have guests on the show. And enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Peace. <laughs>